Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Before we start this week's episode, I just want to remind y'all about Book Riot Live. It's coming up so soon, November 12th and 13th in New York City. We will be there doing a live version of this show, Walter Mosley and Mara Wilson and Charlie Jane Anders and so many other amazing writers and publishing professionals are going to be there and a whole bunch of other book nerds. So come hang out with us, come meet your new best bookish friends and find your new favorite books. Check out bookriotlive.com for the full schedule and to get your tickets and use the offer code MoreCats, M-O-R-E. E-C-A-T-S, all one word, to save $20 on your registration. Again, that's bookriotlive.com, and the offer code is MoreCats. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 73, and today we are talking about books released on September 27th, 2016, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow podcast, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Reunited, and it feels so good. Finally! I know, it's, it's so crazy! We haven't talked to each so other in two long. and a half weeks. It yeah. has been so long since we've recorded the last couple of shows. I missed your face! or I, your I missed voice your or fa- voice face! <laughs> your voice face. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what happened. But it's nice to be back and getting into the swing of things, especially for big fall book season. Yes. And before we get started, we got a question or an email somewhere. Maybe it was an iTunes review. I'm not sure. I was catching up on all of the feedbacky things this week, um, asking where you could find full lists of all the titles that we talk about on the show that does exist. It's in the show notes. Um, so if you are wondering about the books that we have recommended, also Liberty keeps track of like random other books that we mentioned during the episode. Um, you can find those in the show notes, which are at bookriot.com slash all the books. Uh, so yay books. Yep. We mentioned that at the bottom of every episode, but I know there's so much stuff happening there. So if you've been wondering, like, oh, I can't remember that thing, that's where you can find it, bookriot.com slash all the books. Um, Speaking you're... of so much happening, yeah, <laughs> I've been away for the last week traveling for work and book conferences and all that stuff. So we're just going to wing it today. Me. It's not, yeah, yeah, it's not quite a show about whatever. We have some new releases, <laughs> um, but it's it's a I'm wiggly. A little behind. It's going to be a little bit of a wiggly episode. Yeah, wiggling uh, is right good. Puppies yeah. wiggle. Puppies do wiggle. We wiggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fun <gasps> when we get to you know be a little looser. What was that sound? Speaking of wiggling, oh, I'm Sarah Anderson is going to be at Book Riot Live. I am so excited. She's <laughs> going to be. Doing Pictionary. She draws the amazing uh, cartoons. Um, Is is it actually called Adulthood is a Myth? Or is that just the name of her book? I can't remember. I'm not sure. But she's so fabulous. And she makes the best jokes about books and reading and trying to be an adult. And 
Anyway, I got really excited when I saw that news. Yeah, the other day. The, she's doing the live Pictionary with Valentine Delandro, who does oh, the ooh. art for the Bitch Planet comic. Um, and I have been Amazing. so excited that he was going to be at Book Riot Live because I have the non-compliant logo as a tattoo. Um, I and so many other people do. So that <laughs> is already going to be just tons of fun to see them do it. Um, I think I'm stalling now because you flipped the order on me and you're making me go first this week. Well, I, OK, I'll stall you a little bit longer if you'd like. Can I just take one second? Um, I went to the Brooklyn Book Festival mm -hmm. uh, last weekend and to NEBA, which is the New England Independent Booksellers Association. They had their fall conference and I met so many amazing people and several listeners uh, came to the booth and came to the table to say hello. And I just want to shout out to Kat, Michelle, Kells, Rachel, Caitlin, Flo, Beth, Burley, and Ksenia. They were so nice enough to stop Woo. and talk to me and, and not only scream on the inside while I was speaking um, they were awesome. Anyway, that was tons of fun. Okay, now it's your turn. Really. That's so great. You kept a list. Yay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I will start. Uh, this first book was a huge and very pleasant surprise to me. Somehow it was not on my radar, and then it came in book mail last week. Um, in my book mail, not the official Book Riot book mail, because I pick those, so I know what's in them. <laughs> I <laughs> hope so. <laughs> um, this is a beautiful beautiful book about food. It's called Ingredient, Unveiling the Essential Elements of Food by Ali Buzari. He is a chef and has a PhD in food biochemistry, uh, which is so awesome and makes me think that perhaps I missed my calling in life. Like someone should have told me that that is a thing. And it lays out the fundamental ingredients, like capital I, ingredients of cooking. This is not a cookbook. There are not recipes. So it's not traditional. Uh, it's not a traditional cookbook in that way. This is about the building blocks of food and cooking. So it's basically about learning to speak the language of food, learning to write the sentences so that then you could eventually write your own book. Um, Buzari illustrates these principles of cooking and then you apply them in your own kitchen. So basically, you don't have to wonder what to do anymore if a sauce you're making gets too thin because you'll understand the science or the chemistry of how putting together a sauce works so you'll know which pieces to tweak. Uh, or like if your mashed potatoes are too lumpy, you're going to be able to figure out like essentially to form a hypothesis about why your mashed potatoes are too lumpy and then figure out how to make them smoother. Um, it's those kinds of things. And so the book is illustrated with pieces about meat and how to cook meat. And so like what's going on in the pan when you're cooking meat? What happens when you're baking and you're combining a grain with, uh, with milk with other things? Um, if you are a baker, you know like that science is much more precise than the science of cooking requires us to be. Um, it's just so interesting. Like I find this really compelling and interesting. Um, I like to know how the things that I'm doing work. And so if you are like that, if you want to see behind the curtain or really know like what's going on inside the pan when you're searing a thing, what's the reaction that you're creating that's making your steak taste so good? Uh, this is definitely the book for you. I think it would be excellent for experienced cooks. I have found it to be really interesting. It's also just a beautiful object. It's wonderful to look at. Uh, so you can display it in your kitchen or, you know, sit it up on your favorite shelf. I think it would also be really good for newcomers to cooking who are the kinds of people like me who like to understand what makes the wheels turn. Uh, it, it seems like if I had read something like this earlier in my cooking life, I would have become a better cook sooner for having understood actually how the whole thing works rather than just following 
a, you know, one recipe at a time. I'm jealous that this exists for people who are coming to food now. And I'm really glad to have it in my food and cooking life. Also, an excellent gift for someone in your life who loves food and cooking. Uh, so make a note of that if you're getting ready to do, you know, holiday uh, shopping. Keep this on your list. Again, it's called Ingredient Unveiling the Essential Elements of Food. It's by Ali Buzari, and it is so gorgeous. That's a great one for the holidays. It really is. Like, I would have been so thrilled and surprised if someone had given this to me for Christmas, um, which... Would the, you still be if, say, someone bought it for you now? No. Well, I mean, now <laughs> I have a gorgeous hardcover edition of it. Thank you, Echo Books. Um, <laughs> but it, like, it's a, I think it's a lovely, thoughtful surprise. And, like, cookbooks get marketed a lot at the holidays. But stuff that's, you know, more uh, behind the scenesy doesn't really, this sort of lives in the Venn diagram of cookbook and coffee table book. Um, perfect, perfect gift. Excellent. Yeah. What's up first for you? Well, so, because I was lucky enough to go to New York for the Broken Book Festival, um, there were two deciding factors that led me to going to New York a day early. One was that our one of our contributors, Rita Mead, her children's book came out. She had her launch, so I wanted to go to that. It's adorable. It's a kid's book called Edward Gets Messy. Congratulations, Everyone check Rita. check it out. Yay, Rita. And the other was that there was a meeting of the Read Harder book group. I was staying with Jen Northington, our events coordinator, and she's like, we have book group. And I said, oh, I've always wanted to go to those. If you don't know about the Read Harder book groups, uh, they have several. I said, I say they, like we have several. We. Um, they're ours. Yeah. They're like Vancouver, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, Glasgow, Boston, Toronto, Portland, Oregon, Philly. not Maine, Philly, Houston, and D.C., I believe are all the locations mm -hmm. I was looking at. Um, so I was like, well, what's the book? What do I have to read? And she was like, silly rabbit. You just, <laughs> there's no set theme or book list. You just go and talk about books, which is what I did, and it was amazing. Um, if you have a chance to get to go to one of these, I highly recommend it. It was just a bunch of really rabid readers and they just go around in a circle and talk about, like, what they're reading. But also, each one is sponsored. Um, and the book that sponsored this meeting, uh, this one that I went to, was A Change of Heart by Sonali Dev, um, which I have not had a chance to read yet. But Jen was like, okay, so I have this book, and, it's, and I've read it, and it's this novel of intense feels and lost love plus illegal organ harvesting. And yes. I was like, oh, yes, okay, I'm, and so I'm here for Deb, that. <laughs> she's so lovely, and she is so oh, beloved yeah. by the Book Riot crew. The Bollywood Bride was one of the, like, universal team favorites last year. Yes. Um, so, I, I, like I said, I have not read it yet, but I'm really looking forward to it. It does come out today, the 27th. Um, and she is known for the Bollywood Bride and a Bollywood Affair. Um, and that, this one changes tone, pace a little bit. Um, it's about a doctor whose wife works for um, Doctors Without Borders, and she's murdered after she discovers a black market organ transplant ring. And mm. now, fast forward two years later, her husband is now the doctor on a cruise ship. He's a, he's a big mess. He's, a, he's got a problem with drinking, and he's just miserable, and he's on the ship. And one night, he's up on the deck, and a woman approaches him and says that she has his wife's heart. Like, literally. <laughs> And she wants to talk to him. Dun, dun, dun. Like, seriously? I, I'm going to read it after, you know, we get done here. Because I was like, ah. So I'm so excited. Um, so that's like, you know, endorsement, Sonali Dev, but also read harder book groups. Um, you should there's, check them out. They're yeah, so there's great. info on Book Riot. Yes. We'll put a link to that in the show notes, too. Absolutely. Um, it was one of my favorite things of my trip. So, again, the book is called A Change of Heart by Sonali Dev. And... 
Yay, book groups. Woohoo! It's like the perfect idea because, yep. I mean, we it's would have no book, book, book club. Yeah, we would have book groups at the store and, like, no one would come because they didn't read the book. And it was like, hmm. Yeah, I... I think that some of the original idea for it was like, how could we have a community thing that people would actually want to attend and that didn't require homework? Um, and I, for one, am like terrible at being in a book club where you have to read the, where everybody has to read the same book. I never actually succeed in doing it. Um, so I love the idea of Read Harder. I think we might have one in Richmond starting sometime <gasps> in 2017. So we will see. Uh do you want to hear about our first sponsor? Yes, please. I'm super excited about this book. It's called What the Dickens? Distinctly Dickensian Words and How to Use Them by Brian Kozlowski. He is a Dickens scholar, and he's going deep into the canon of Dickens to find unusual words and phrases and explain their origins, their use, and more. Uh, so there are 15 Dickens novels, hundreds of short stories, a pile of personal letters, and we know that Dickens penned close to 5 million words in his lifetime. He had a huge vocabulary. It was wide. It was whimsical. And he called, uh, so Kozlowski has called from the 15 classic Dickens novels and these hundreds of short stories. It's a romp, basically, which I think is fair for this through the alleyways of Victorian vernacular, but also the etymological trail of some of the words and phrases that seem unique to Dickens, like the Fogel Hunters in Oliver Twist, dining at a slap bang in Bleak House, or taking care not to get burked, uh, which is a phrase that occurs in the Pickwick Papers. So Kozlowski takes readers through... What does a, it mean? I don't want to get well, burked. I don't know. Right. It, it doesn't say in the show notes. You'll have oh, to read I'm the book to, read to find out. <laughs> I hope it hasn't so, already happened to me. I would be so embarrassed. <laughs> you got burked and you didn't even know it. That's like a, it's like a TLC reality show waiting to happen. <laughs> Uh, the book includes 200 uh, words that uh, Kozlowski is, is exploring alongside commentary and 30 really cool duo-toned illustrations throughout. So if you like Dickens and literary history and, you know, fun vocabulary, etymology, word stuff, you definitely want to pick up What the Dickens. Uh, also, this sounds perfect for holiday, for as like a holiday gift for a Dickens lover um, or an Anglophile, somebody who's really into language. There's a, a lot of cool things you could do with this book besides just nerd out on it. But I think that this is the first step is to read what the Dickens and then find out what it means to get burked uh, and have fun inserting these words and phrases into your everyday conversations with people. Uh, if you decide to read what the Dickens, please send us tweets and use, you know, employ your new employ, deploy, ploy them somehow, uh, your new words and phrases. So again, uh, the book is called What the Dickens? Distinctly Dickensian Words and How to Use Them. It's by Brian Kozlowski. It's available wherever books are sold, and we will have a link in the show notes. All right. Yeah. Now okay. I'm nervous. I so didn't I know guess that was it's... something I was worried about. And this is good. <laughs> it's like things you didn't even know you were supposed to be anxious about. <sighs> I, getting burked has reminded me, like, it sits, you know, similarly to Get Booked, which is another yeah. Book Riot podcast that Jen hosts with Amanda. And I was like, what? maybe getting burked is like a, a cousin of getting booked somehow. I don't know. Uh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll on. You definitely don't want to look it up on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right now. And I mean, I'm going to like close a, that window. That's a good piece of advice for life it, in Life is, yeah, no. If you Google something and the first definition <laughs> is Urban Dictionary, you, like, take a beat. <laughs> uh, okay, I need my to next lie down. <laughs> 
This is what happens when we've been away from each other for too long. Um, okay, my next pick is Darling Days. It's a memoir by Io Tillett Wright. I have had my eye on this book since Book Expo. It, the cover of it was like blown up everywhere. I think maybe they had Io Tillett Wright doing a signing. I don't exactly remember. Uh, but Miriam Parker, who is a, a longtime publishing friend of mine, now works uh, at HarperCollins at Echo Books, and this is coming out from them. This is fantastic. Um, I was not familiar with Io Tillett Wright's work. She, though, is an artist and an actress and apparently did a short series on MTV with Neve Shulman called Suspect, where they like sussed out what was really going on with people um, when someone in their life suspected that they were doing something sneaky. I'm going to have to Google it and watch some episodes. Uh, but this is the story of her early life, basically. She was born in New York in 1985 uh, to a dad who was this artistic dreamer, not totally responsible, but wanted to be a good man. Her mother was beautiful, dramatic, very mercurial, and, and damaged. She had never gotten over the death of her first love. Um, Io grows up in in a seedy neighborhood, in in a rough neighborhood, in a tiny apartment, um, really surrounded by poverty, and her parents are neglectful and abusive, but it takes her a long time to figure out that that's what her life is um, in that way that kids don't know any different. Uh, when she is six, she decides that she's going to start living as a boy. Um, it it occurs very quickly. Um, she wants to join a pickup game in the park. And when they say, are you a boy? She says, no, I'm a girl. And they won't let her play. So she looks at her dad and says, well, now I'm going to live as a boy. Like she instinctively understands that life is harder for girls. So she's just going to like opt out. Um, her parents support this. Um, we don't get much conversation. Like this is a, qu a quibble that I have with how the book is being marketed. Um, that it's like a story about defying gender, which it kind of is, but we don't get a lot from Io in the book about um, how she comes to this gender identity, um, or if this is really even a question of gender identity so much as like a recognition of like, screw being a girl, I'm going to be a boy for a while. Um, her parents go with it. Um, and there are difficulties, of course. Um, she writes about, you know, wanting to use, like, feeling that she's a boy in these eight years that she lives as a boy, wanting to use the boy's restroom, but how she's bullied and treated badly by the other kids. Um, when she was living as a girl, people thought she was a boy. When she's living as a boy, people think that she's a girl. This is not easy. Um, and the book, th up through her teenage years, addresses difficulties of gender and sexual identity and the social pains of not fitting into a preconceived box. Um, but this, the story predominantly is about the rest of her life, um, is about growing up in poverty, dealing with her abusive parents, um, struggling to come to the realization that that's what, that's what this is, that her mother is abusive and is neglectful, that her home life is terrible and is something that she wants to escape, that none of the adults in her life really show up for her in the way that adults are supposed to show up for the children that they're responsible for. And the writing is really stunning. Like she's so matter of fact about these terrible things that happened to her that it almost numbs you like it took me a little while in the book to get to that point of like wow this this is horrible um because she just describes it so matter of factly um and i think that works to great effect because it's it's matter of fact to her that this is just her life um up until it becomes intolerable. Um, she takes us through her, uh, her teenage life when she's about 14 and she's going into middle school. She's going to be changing schools and she decides that she'll start living as a girl again. 
Um, and then she has a relationship with a girl that she really falls hard for. And she's struggling with, am I gay? Do I just love this girl? Um, what does sex mean to me as a person? That's very complicated because of the kinds of relationships that she has seen uh, with the adults in her life that are not great examples. Um, and she's just struggling. This is, uh, this is a coming of age memoir um, about a life that's harder than most lives are. Um, it's this, st her story is laid bare and ultimately she decides to try to take control of her life and of who she is and get some direction and responsibility and, and be healthy in a way. Um, and the book sort of cuts off there. Like we, you can Google her and find out more about what her adult life has been. This is, I think if you liked The Glass Castle um, or you like those memoirs about sort of hard scrabble lives and childhoods. Um, this is a book for you. It's not an it's not an easy read because of the things that happen to Io, but the writing is very well done and it's very well paced. And so it's easy to read in that respect. It's very compelling and it moves right along. Um, I do quibble with how it's being marketed as um, as a book about defying gender. That's really a small piece of the story that she's telling, um, but it's there nonetheless. Um, also, interestingly, I think for how we're talking about gender identity in in the world and in publishing now. Um, Io, I don't think identifies as trans, and that's certainly not language that comes up in the book. It's not language that we really had in the culture in a wider sense uh, in the early '90s when she was deciding that she wanted to live as a boy. Um, so that it's sort of it, it's interestingly positioned, and I can see what the publisher is trying to do with sitting it in a certain place, but I think it's a different kind of book. Um, it's really interesting. I thoroughly enjoyed the read and was just blown away by how she is able to get enough distance from these experiences to tell the story. Uh, so again, it's Darling Days by Io Tillett-Wright. Awesome. I felt like I just talked about that forever. <laughs> no, I don't think it was forever. All right. What's up next? It was on interesting. Your list? I did actually Google her while you were talking about it. Oh, and yeah? the first thing that comes up is that she was on the phone with Amber Heard when Johnny Depp allegedly threw a phone at her. Oh God. I was like, okay. So that's all I know about her, plus what you just said. <laughs> She's so. a strong lady. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna take my next turn to do a shout out to the Tale of Shikinoko series. The fourth book in the series is out today, so that you can read all of them now. They are all out. It was one of those cool things where, like, they each came out, like, one every two months or something. Um, there's four of them. It's uh, The Emperor of Eight Islands, Autumn Princess, Dragon Child, Lord of the Darkwood, and then today, the Tenugu... Ten I can't talk. The Tengu's Game of Go. Um, these are written by Leanne Hearn, who is an Australian author who is just... I would say obsessed, but her passion is Japanese history. Like, she's just always been fascinated by this her whole life, and she writes about it. She also wrote the Tales of the Atori series um, that came out a few years ago, most famously Across the Nightingale Floor, which I actually read for a book group that I was in many, many years ago. Um, and the part of that book that sticks out most in my mind is, like, this giant, like, battle where all these people die, and then, like, the main character's like, hey, let's get it on in this blood. Um, anyway... <laughs> so it's it's really messed up. Anyway, um, but they're so these books are so beautiful. I have all four of them now, and you know, there's like something so supremely satisfying when you're a book lover of like seeing like a complete collection on your shelf. Like it's just it's so fantastic. And this series, like Tales of the Atari, is set in sort of an alternate medieval Japan. Um, it starts with a young future lord who has been sent into hiding. His parents are dead. I mean, his uncle sends him to live 
in a mountain with a wizard uh, because his uncle really wants the boy's land and everything that he owns for himself. So he's kind of like taking over while the kid's out of the picture. Um, and so then, you know, it goes from there. The kid learns some tricks. There's some magical adventures involving both man and beasts. Um, you know, eventually, you know, his uncle's going to get his. And it's just this rich tapestry of magic and superstition and ancient history. And it's so, so much fun. I absolutely love them. They're they're quick to read. Lots of fun. Again, it's the Tale of Shikinoko series by Leanne Hearn. I have not read those. I'm going to have to check it out. Well, now you can read all four without having to stop. I do like a series that is completed when I begin. Yeah. It's fun when you can discover you're like, oh, it's a series and it's already finished. Yeah. I like that much better. Um, My next pick this week is a paperback release, and I've actually been listening to it on audio. It's Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear by Elizabeth Gilbert, she who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, and Committed, and uh, The Signature of All Things. And this is a self-help book about creativity um, and not just like doing actual creative work, like being a writer or an artist, um, but about having a creative life, um, about doing what makes you happy and having the guts to pursue the things that make you happy, that light you up, um, despite the fact that that can be really scary sometimes. Uh, So it's she admits like straight up and the the title gives some of it away that she engages in some magical thinking about how creativity works and about like where good ideas come from and how they travel to artists or between artists. And she basically says like, I know that there's science about what's happening in our brains when we are doing creative work, but I don't care. Uh, it feels magical and divine to me. And so that's the language that I will use. Um, I fall down more firmly on the side of like, I would like to know that I feel this way because I have this idea in my dopamine is all firing but like whatever i can get down with elizabeth gilbert for a couple hundred pages um the book is really interesting she reads it herself on audio and so like it's out in paperback if you're a paperback reader do that um i think this is a great book about creative living um and about uh, the difference between career and vocation she gets at that as well that like you don't have to be a professional writer to be a writer in fact that's a really big burden to put on your art is to say that it has to support you financially um and that you know, having a day job is not a sign of weakness and it's not a bad thing. It's, you know, pay your bills, make your art because you have to and because you want to. Um, whatever the making your art means in your life, it can be uh, traditional art, it can be painting, it can be writing, um, but it could be something like having a yoga practice. It could be hiking and spending time in nature, making something of your life. Um, I really like that framework for this book, that your life is the creative thing that you are making. Your life is your art. And uh, there's that makes this book more widely applicable. It's more about self-help than it is about just art. Um, I really appreciated her distinctions between career and vocation. I think this book would have been super helpful for me like three years ago in my personal life. Uh, but I... I'm glad that I have been listening to it now. And I think with any self-help book, like if you walk away with a few useful ideas, that book is a win. Um, Gilbert shares so much of her own story of um, or like all the years and years of rejection letters before she finally started getting published of what a surprise it was when Eat, Pray, Love was the thing that Eat, Pray, Love was and how she tries to you know, stay in the practice of being a creative person and never assuming that you will have that kind of success, uh, that you are owed it, that you'll have that kind of success again. Um, persevering through rejection letters and disappointment because of the drive to keep making a thing. Uh, And so I've really latched onto her framework here of the thing that I am making is a life that I will love um, and not 
just you know specifically attaching it to uh, in my case to writing uh, but it's it, I, th I think really interesting one of those books to have on your shelf um, if you are thinking about life and direction and where creativity fits into it again it's big magic creative living beyond fear by elizabeth gilbert and speaking of big magic now let's talk about my bra <laughs> or perfect bras segue in general. thank you very much perfect <laughs> Yes, that's right. Third Love is back again as a sponsor. And if you've been listening to the show, you know how much we love them. Seriously, Third Love's 24-7 t-shirt bra is the most comfortable bra I've ever owned. It's just so nice to wear one and not feel squeezed all the time or put it on and look like you're being birds upside down. It's just, <laughs> it's so fantastic. And it, it, it's, it's super smoothing. I realize, like, I've been saying that it's invisible under every outfit every time I talk about it, but it's not invisible under every outfit. If you wear this with like a tube top or a string bikini, it's not <laughs> invisible. We're not talking about Wonder Woman's jet here. You you know, it's, it's, you will see it. But what they mean is like, you don't see like all like the lace and stuff through your blouse. And it's just, it's so nice. And the cups are made out of memory foam. And so, it, which means it molds to your shape. So like it remembers you. It doesn't force you to do anything that you don't want to. Um, and it's just, it's so fantastic. I could go on and on and on about it. It was really a big help while I was traveling last week. I wasn't so cranky at the end of the day. <laughs> and it's just, it's so fantastic. It's so fantastic that Third Love stands behind this product so much that they are willing to let listeners try the t-shirt bra for free. You just pay for the shipping. You wear it for 30 days. You take the tags off. You wash it. You do whatever you normally would do with your bra. Um, and... Then if you love it, you keep it, and your card will be charged. If you don't love it, you send it back for free, and your card will not be charged. And if you don't know your size, they have friendly online fit specialists who will help you figure that out so that you can get started and start feeling better at the end of the day. Um, you go to thirdlove.com slash books to get started. Um, and again, it's thirdlove.com slash books, and we hope you try it out. We've heard from so many people that have and love it and, you know, Rebecca has one. We just love them. Um, it's so we weird do. to be like, this is what Rebecca has, too. But <laughs> we love them. We're, we love to talk I know. About I them. was just thinking if we – I don't know if we have them as a sponsor the week of Book Riot Live. But if we do, it'll be like – and we're both sitting here in front of people <laughs> talking about the bras that we're wearing at this moment. It's totally normal. That's totally fine. <laughs> they are they, – it is a great bra. Um, and, yes, everyone should give it a shot. So, again, thirdlove.com slash books. All right. Okay. So, you're up next. Yes. And I'm going <laughs> to talk about something completely different. But this is something, it's, it's a graphic novel, or, or I should say it was a collection of comics that in a trade now that I, I recently read that I loved so much. Um, if you like the weird and crazy and unusual as I do. I think you will love it, too. It is called I Hate Fairyland by Scotty Young. And it's about a girl named Gertrude. And she's, like, one of those girls who's like, I love fairies. I love princesses. I want to go to the magical fairyland. La, 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 la. Until one day she does. Uh -oh. the, the, the ground opens up, and she falls down into fairyland. And it is nothing like she was expecting. And so she's like, I hate it here. It's like, ah, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm scared and alone. So I was sold a bill of goods yeah. about Fairyland. She's like, wait, this is a terrible idea. So the queen's like, oh, okay, that's cool. All you have to do is take this map and you follow it and you walk for one day and you'll find the key and come to the door and you open it and you can go home. She's like, okay, easy enough. And she, the queen gives her like a little 
helper guide to go with her. And, you know, now fast forward 27 years, uh, Gertrude is 37 years old, but she's still trapped in the body of a 10-year-old. Oh. And she has been walking around Fairyland for 27 years trying to get out. And boy, is she mad. She's just, she's furious. Now she's like this really angry, murdery, hard-drinking, you know, 10-year-old. She's like the, um, <laughs> oh God, what is his name? Baby Herman in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's kind of like that. If, if like he played Alice in Wonderland, it's kind of like that. She's just had it up to here with Fairyland. So, like, anyone who gets in her way, you know, she she just slaughters them. I mean, this is, like, this is rated M for mature. This is not a, a comic for kids. Which, on the cover of it, you can pretty much tell because she's, like, standing on a pile of dead things with a giant axe. Um, if you've read, like, if or, excuse me, if you've watched, like, Happy Tree Friends. I don't know if you know that com- that cartoon. It's, like, really cute animals, like, doing really horrible things to one another. Um, it's It's awesome if you like that kind of stuff. <laughs> Uh, it's, it reminded me a lot of that, and it's. I just. I thought it was fantastic, and it ends like the trade ended with like this. Oh boy, kind of thing. So, um, it's it's awesome. So again, it's called I Hate Fairyland. This this first volume is called Madly Ever After, and it's by Scotty Young. All right, my last pick is also something that will make you gasp. It is. Uh, it's so great. This is Loose Lips, fan fiction parodies of great and terrible literature from the smutty stage of shipwreck. It's by Amy Stevenson and Casey Childers, and they run Shipwreck, which if you are not familiar, these are like crazy popular events, I think mostly in New York and L.A., where they invite writers to write erotic fan fiction about classic literature and beloved characters. The, like the instruction is basically, okay, the theme this week is great Gatsby. Do whatever. Like you take whatever characters or setting pieces from the great Gatsby and you write erotic fiction about them. It is so blasphemous. It is wonderful. And the books, um, there's so there'll, there'll be, I think, like five or six writers on stage together. So the writers each write their piece and then they get together and they read or perform their erotic fan fiction piece about the great Gatsby or whoever. Um, and then the audience votes about who wins like the crown for being the dirtiest, raunchiest, most ridiculous and surprising uh, piece of fan fiction. These shipwreck events are so much fun. We, uh, we did one with Book Riot Live last year. Um, there are some coming up, so you can Google Shipwreck if you're in New York or L.A. and attend an event. But if you're not, you don't have to be sad anymore that you've missed them because they have collected the best pieces from so many of the events into this book, Loose Lips. And it's fantastic. Like, also, it will make you blush. Nothing is sacred to any of these writers or to the Loose Lips organizers. If you have delicate sensibilities, like you want to think twice about this. But if you are here for just really filthy, profane things and ridiculous combinations of characters, and this is like the darker corners of Tumblr brought to life with classic literature, it's so, so funny. Um, I've had to like dole out the pieces to myself in little snippets because it's just bonkers great um but it's also just so like they're doing that like every couple of pages you're like oh they actually went there <laughs> it's so funny and wonderful again it's called loose lips fan fiction parodies of great and terrible literature from the smutty stage of shipwreck it's by amy stevenson and casey childers awesome i've always wanted to so, go to one of those so good i i have always missed them it's like i've had other responsibilities when i've been in new york when they were doing them but i've seen a few um videos online of some of them and then i had read people's pieces that they had posted after the fact it's so great that they did the book uh, that they did the collection so that everybody can get in on the fun awesome speaking of everyone getting in on the fun 
I want to tell you a little bit about some of the books I acquired while I was at Nebel last week. Please do. Because, I saw the stack on Instagram. Oh, my goodness. So I was planning on taking the bus home from Providence, and so I was like, I can't take any books. But then our friends Josh and Emily, um, who are opening a bookstore in Portland, Maine, and they offered me a ride, and I was like, yes, I can talk to them about bookstores, and I can carry as many books as I possibly can, which turned out to be too many. I had to actually call for the valet to help me. <laughs> I get them out of my room because... You had so many books. I had so many books. And Josh was like, I cleared out the whole, like, trunk for you. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, But, you know, now it's, like, fewer books I have to ask the publishers to send me later. So Mm -hmm. it worked out really well. But now I have this giant, gorgeous stack of books on top of all the other giant, gorgeous stacks of books in my office looking at me. Um, And some of them are so fantastic. The first one, speaking of gasping, the first one I actually gasped out loud when I saw it. Although Ann Kigman said it was more like a squeal in Muppet Arms, but I remember it as a gasp. Um, it's Ill Will by Dan Sean. He wrote Await oh, yeah. Your Reply, You Remind Me of Me. I love him so much, and I actually was talking, uh, waiting to talk to someone, and I, I looked over and I saw it, and I was like, <gasps> I didn't like, know he just, had a new book coming oh, out. Yeah. It's about Satanists. Okay. Yeah, I was like, all right. That comes out in March. Um, I picked up Vasa in the Night by Sarah Porter, which is a young adult novel, and it's Porter's take on Baba Yaga. That just came out. Um, there's Norse Mythology, the new Neil Gaiman comes out in February. That's really all I need to say is it's a new Neil Gaiman. Um, (laughs) Except they were out of the temporary tattoos, but I might be getting some in the mail, which is exciting. Uh, I got to see Zadie Smith gave the opening speech for the conference. She's amazing. Amazing. Everyone's like, what did she say? I'm like, I can't can't tell you. I can't do it justice, so I'm not even going to pretend to like say what she said because it's brilliant, and I hope somebody got a video of it because it's incredible. Um, I picked up her new one, Swing Time. That is out in November. Uh, Shadowbond by Steve Erickson. You might have heard me talk about Zeroville before, which is a Europa title that I absolutely love. I'm so excited for this one. That comes out in February. There's a new Cory Doctorow, which comes out in April. It's his first adult novel in eight years. It's called Walk Away. Uh, I got to see Min Jin Lee speak. She made me cry. She made all of us cry. She has a new book coming out in February called Pachinko. Uh, the new Paul Oster, 4321, out in January. Uh, the Idiot by Elif Bottoman is out in March. She's so fantastic and lovely and just awesome. Uh, there is a novel of the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, which is coming out Very in exciting. February, written by Shannon Hale. Nice. So, I mean, yeah, awesome. And I also acquired The Twelve Lives of Hamu- Samuel Hawley by Hannah Tinty, which I have already read. Like, I went right back to my mm. hotel room and started it. <laughs> And I've just been, it's its so good. It comes out in March. So many people have been like, this is going to be the best book of next year. So, and they they might not be wrong. It, it's fantastic. I mean, I have to read a little bit more before I can make the call. But it's fantastic. Um, out in March, again, The Twelve Lives of Samuel Hawley. And that is some of the best of my candy from my my book, yeah. or, book or treating last week. And the week. people who want to see the whole stack can follow you on Instagram. Yes. Yes, I did post some photos. And on Litzy. <laughs> yeah, right. Litzy is fun. Okay, kiddo. So what are you going to read now? Oh, my goodness. Well, I think I'm going to read A Change of Heart because organ harvesting. Hello. <laughs> Sounds like a great time. Um, but I'm also really excited to read Priest Daddy by Patricia Lockwood, which I picked up last week. Um, I don't actually know anything about it, except that she has an amazing Twitter account, and it's published by Riverhead, so that's all I need to know. What are you going to read? 
I think I'm finally going to read Gold Fame Citrus by Claire V. Watkins. I just missed it last year. Like I have had the book since six months before it came out last year, um, but I just didn't get to it when it was a new release in 2015. And I've been waiting to get to it and looking at it. And it's coming out in paperback in a week or two. And I have some travel coming up. Um, so I've been sort of stacking up novels that I think will be very absorbing for my long flights. Um, so I think it's going to be Gold Fame Citrus. Probably. And they kept the awesome cover. Like they the did. yellow and it's shiny like yellow pinky and purple. purple. Yeah. It's great. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to finally reading it. I loved, um, what was her, now I can't remember the name of it, her Battleborn. short story collection, Battleborn. I loved it so much. Um, and I really like the way that she writes. So I'm excited to get a whole novel's worth of it. Okay. That's our show. We, we got did back it. in the saddle. Next week, we, holy cats. <laughs> I, know, I don't big, know how we're going to pare it down. I know. I think next week might be the biggest book week of <sighs> at least the second half of the year. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's going to be bonkers. In the meantime, you can... <laughs> buyer I, that was we made it so close we'll just leave that moment in that yeah, was like that, that's fine <laughs> dead air in my brain in the meantime buy your tickets to book riot live that's bookriotlive.com use the offer code more cats to save 20 bucks on your registration thanks again to our sponsors what the dickens and third love you can get a link to what the dickens in the show notes or find it wherever books are sold and go to thirdlove.com slash books to start your free 30-day trial with the 24 7 t-shirt bra you can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com or talk to us on Twitter. We love hearing from y'all. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S C H I N S K Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. And if you've got a minute to rate or review the show on iTunes, we would certainly appreciate that as well. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today or more books in general, we just don't have the time. But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. All right. All right. Happy, Happy reading. Happy reading.